back to Women Making Moves, where we celebrate the moves that women are making. My name is Amy Pons. I'm a master certified life coach and a spiritual healer. I'm joined today with Cassandra Clark. Cassandra was raised by an artistic mother and grandmother. She couldn't resist learning the craft of jewelry making. She started creating and wearing her own matching necklaces, bracelets, rings, and earrings, much to the adornment and often envy of her classmates, until one of her classmates asked her how much she would charge to make them one. She still vividly recalls the light bulb moment. She was stopped in her tracks and realizing, wait, she can make money doing something creative that she loves doing? You could say she became a creative entrepreneur from that day on. She's best known for her landscapes and underwater scenes inspired by her travels and love of nature, but she experiments with all styles and media. She specializes in oil, acrylic, and watercolor painting, but she also experiments regularly with varying printmaking techniques, speedwork, paper craft, and multimedia compositions. She recognizes how important having a signature style has, as an artist has become, but she thinks in a world that is beautifully complex and ever-changing as ours, how can one settle with the sameness? Channeling her relentless quest for self-expression and love of bold colors, she also launched her own clothing line and artistic gift business in 2019. She's so deeply moved by how color, pigment, medium, and light bend and contour on a substrate, and more so in our perception of this visual trance, that she aims to be perpetually surrounded by visual art and beauty. She therefore takes her canvas creations with her wherever she goes, in the form of handmade shirts, jackets, leggings, socks, shoes, purses, accessories, home decor, and more. Her studio space, her home, her wardrobe, and her life are so immersed in visual art that colorful chaos is her comfort zone. Cass, <laughs> welcome. I love that. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm excited to be here. Oh, Cass and I go way back. Let's see. 2009? Nine-ish, yeah. I think it was 2009. Yeah, it's been wow. a minute. It's been a minute. We've kind of followed each other all over the country as we've moved around. And to say you're one of my best friends is an understatement. So share the space. now to share this space as a, as a fellow creative entrepreneur and just badass woman. Tell me about the moves that you're excited to be making. Well, first, I want to say how grateful I am to even be co-occupying this space with you. I'm just so proud of you, Aim, and everything that you've been doing. Honestly, like it's easier, it's easy to have these dreams and aspirations. There's an inner creative in all of us, but to actually dive all the way in head first, you know, baptism by fire. I think you have been such a role model for so many women. So I'm just excited to be a part of this. <laughs> Moves I'm making, I think. I have quite a few things, particularly when it comes to my art business, I would say seasonally, this is a big time. Obviously, Q4 is always big for, you know, retail hopping, you know, shopping season, all of that. I'm a huge Halloween nerd. So everything I'm doing now is spooky, spectacular, a lot of creepy art. Creepy cute is a theme now. I'm participating every day in Inktober, which is a, like hashtag Inktober 2023 all over social media. That's a big thing that a lot of artists are just really forcing function for us to draw and sketch every day. And so to me, it's more about the the practice. So much of, of what I do is about the process, about how it makes me feel, the impact or the message it can send, more so than it is the final output. So I think through all of that, particularly with you know Inktober sketches or all my experiments with different media, it's more about, you know, let's see where this goes and see what I can learn in the process and being okay with ambiguity and being okay just living in the moment, being present, getting over your inner voice, self-doubt and imposter syndrome and everything else that we put, like we all do to ourselves, especially women. I think taking a step back and embracing the process and being accepting of where it goes, regardless of whether or not it was what you expected, I think it's kind of become a through line lately. Um, in terms of overall moves, doing quite a bit of like rethinking both 
and, you know, my shop and my website and the day-to-day stuff. But also one thing I'm marching towards every day is, you know, overall the messaging that fuels my work, which is a lot about protecting our oceans, climate change, empowering women, like really just making this more inclusive world we all want to live in while we still have one. And so that manifests itself in classes I'm teaching, one-on-one things, um, doing quite a bit um, with my local community here in Miami of Brickle Women. We have this Facebook group and it's just like-minded female entrepreneurs that have been hungry, starving really, for fellow female minds to connect with and be creative with and be vulnerable with and just be human. I think we get so lost in our day-to-day grind that we forget how much we have in common at our cores and how much people just want to feel like they're part of something bigger. So those are those are top of mind moves, at least I'm thinking of. <laughs> Amazing. And I love how you said that you're joining the community, whether it be uh, what I think what in some ways what COVID introduced us to, it kind of forced us to get virtual even more yeah. than before. So what's, what I love and what I see you doing too is not only meeting people in our immediate communities geographically, but like also worldwide of people. I know one of your favorite places is some of the reefs off Australia. It's like figuring out how you can be more a part of those movements out in the world. And I think that's one of the unique gifts that COVID actually gave us of fi- trying like forcing us to figure out some of these things. They- love that. Our sense of us has expanded, right? Yeah. <laughs> the just be human. That has been something that I feel uh, another thing from COVID. I'm interested in your thoughts about something has been lost with humanity over the past um, several, many years. And I could go on forever about why that is. I think it's because we've been too far into the masculine for so long, where I've mentioned this before, the divine feminine is calling us back in nurturing, Mm -hmm. caring, heart-led. And it doesn't mean you have to be warm, fuzzy, BFFs, besties, all that. It's about genuinely caring though about the person beside you because we are all in this together and the inclusion part of making sure that everyone does have a point of being seen and heard that's all anyone ever wants Mm. so how do you correlate that kind of work that you're doing within your community and back to the creative side of how you express it through your art oh beautiful question um I think particularly and and like you, I could talk all day about just how our society has changed. I, I would simplify it as kind of two processes that I think I observe happening. Like, yes, the shift towards remote work and looking inward a little bit more is obviously, you know, all these external factors have played in. But I think it is both a, like you've probably heard, coming from a place of abundance versus scarcity. I think we had so many assumptions in the world. The way it is is the way it's always been. I mean, I, you and I commuted you know, three hours a day, every day for years and years. And that was just normal. It was like our way of operating. And now I can't imagine going to the office on a Monday or, you know, we just, our expectations have changed. What I realized is the things that we took for granted, the, you know, the coffee conversations, as much as we despise the small talk and the water cooler chat, you know, we all complain about like, oh God, Susan in the break room. Like we all hated those moments and particularly in corporate life. But I think now you realize that those micro engagements helped us not only be exposed to the reality of the world, but I think that idea of, you know, inward versus outward, we were forced to connect with people that don't look, think, or act like us, or, you know, employment place, place of employment or projects or initiatives, they often become a forcing function for different minds to have to come together. And I think because we spent so much time sheltering and looking inward, we're allergic to that now. And so I think we've just lowered our tolerance for acceptance overall and our ability to go with the flow, meet someone new, 
I mean, try to talk to someone who, you know, graduated during the pandemic or had a virtual prom, explain to them what networking's like. It's like terrifying. The same way we, like, there's nothing scarier these days than like an unsolicited FaceTime call. Like we just have these, these barriers. Yeah, these, I see you cringing. <laughs> yeah. We have these barriers to engaging with other humans. And I think it's really simple to categorize somebody based on certain traits or keywords. We can just automatically like, oh, if you think this way politically, then all these other things about you must be true. If you're from this community or this religion or this circle or this diatribe, whatever, you're automatically all these other things. And it's really easy to dismiss people. And where I'm bringing it back to, you know, my art, my practice and the things I care about is I've learned to realize that like humans are so complex. We're so multidimensional and no one is ever one thing. And nor are they ever one thing today. We're constantly evolving. We're changing the world around us. Obviously, the pandemic told us one thing is like everything can change in the blink of an eye. And so oftentimes what motivates me the most are teasing out these commonalities in people that they didn't realize they had. Mm-hmm. So in Miami, it's really easy to talk about the environment because we live in a beautiful place and we can look around and you could you could see manatees on a morning walk. Like this is just nature is just so part of you know, what the world looks like, but that, oh, you have a little manatee. Is that a dolphin? Oh my gosh, you're so cute. No, it's a manatee. It's a manatee. I, um, you in, in, interestingly brought up abundance and scarcity and like, this is my money manatee. This is my little spirit animal for my, for my money making. And it's to be, it's to, it's to say like, let's not be like scared of money. Let's embrace it. Let's have fun with it. And so that's my money manatee. Hmm? Oh, wow. So you like, you know, the stars align every time with us, Amy. <laughs> Yeah. So be the sea cow, right? Um, is a mantra. <laughs> Vanities and beauty. Like, So my point being that anytime there's someone like I can look at people that have come from all over the place. We might have grown up very differently. We might have very different ways of viewing the world, but we can connect on a painting. We can connect on something that moves us, something that makes us sad, makes us happy, makes us intrigued. We love the thrill of a scary movie or we we love the intrigue of an abstract painting or we love the conceptual practice of something Or we just like using our hands. Like a lot of my painting classes or or any of my art classes I teach, a lot of times uh, women will bring their partner or spouse or brother, whomever to these classes. And their first reaction is, this isn't for me. I don't have a creative bone in my body. I can't do anything. And by the end, they are so proud of themselves because they're like, holy shit, I can't believe I made this. Like I made this. I've never picked up a brush in my life and I made this. And I'm like, you just never made the space to try. That's I'm proud of myself when I go into those, one of those Peyton sips or whatever it is. Like, when I you love like, those. <laughs> um, that's a lot of fun. When you talk about how it's easy to d- dismiss someone, it's interesting because like what first came up for me when you said that I was thinking like, yes, and it's also a time where we've never been in such a dire need for people to go inward and really figure out who the fuck they are mm. because we have not been asked to do that in so long, especially particularly women and people of color in the workplace, you've been told what you need to be for so long. So I think it's an interesting, I don't think it's necessarily like um, conflicting. It's like, it's easy to dismiss, dismiss, but it's a parallel. And you've got to figure out who you are to figure out where you feel safe, emotionally, mentally, psychologically, (laughs) physically, and who's that around, who, who that is that you do feel safe with. Because when you don't, it is okay to remove yourself in order to find that safety, right? So it's like a, it's like an and it's like, be open to experiences and new people and be self-aware and self-secure enough and know yourself that when your soul and spirit don't feel safe, you're okay with going and not hurting those people's feelings. You're not there to make them comfortable. 
I agree with you. I don't think they're, not only are they related, I think the core element between looking inward versus outward is asking yourself the why. So there's some people, if you're like, you just find yourself like, let's call it allergic to them. There's just something that you're mm, yeah. not that person okay. and you can't describe it. Yeah. Force yourself to look inward and ask yourself why. Is it, you know, are, is this a, an Usher song? They look like a guy, a girl you once knew. <laughs> Somebody that's like, is there something that you're bringing from your past that's forcing you to look at the certain person in a certain way? Or is it really your intuition and your gut? Like, is there something that these alarm bells are going off, but then that voice inside your head is telling you to not, no, 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 just, just this. It's temporary. It's not mean, it's not that, it's not that. And we dismiss and we downplay it. Particularly women, there's been so many studies on this, how easy it is for society to dismiss a woman's pain. There's like all these, like, we don't believe that women have enough pain. We've just been conditioned. I see you like shaking your head. Like we've been conditioned to tolerate more, to accept more and keep a smile on our face while we do it. While we take on more jobs, more responsibility, more household duties, more work in the corporate world, have to take care of everyone around us and forget to take care of ourselves. Like it's a lot. So all things constant, take a moment, breathe, check in with yourself. Why are you feeling this way? How are you feeling? Is your head and your mind in the same place? Oftentimes what I've learned myself just being kind of a head in the clouds, innately clumsy person. Oftentimes when I'm like stubbing the crap out of my toe more than usual, or like I've bumped into things that like when I find myself out of sync, I realize like, okay, I've been perpetually more self-injured this week than your average, like bumping into a table kind of a thing. Take a step back and be like, okay, there's something off. My body is yelling at me right now. Like you're not balanced. You're there's something that's eating at you that you're not addressing. So your body is going to keep sending you cues. It's going to keep reminding you when you wake up and you don't feel like you slept well enough. There's something lurking beneath the surface and we need to be okay. Like listening inward to be able to interact externally as well. And you're absolutely right. I, I like how you put that into terms of really being able to understand it. First of all, if you're triggered by someone, it's likely that it's already in you. Mm, you're projecting, right? Is why you're triggered. And if it's something, if it doesn't trigger you, like it, it, and you put it really nicely, it's like, check in and is it your gut? Or is it that it's something that you haven't healed from? You mm. get choice to figure out which path you go on. Now, even in the past year, I've like plowed through some relationships that I've, uh, friendships that I've struck up. And I, I had something at the very beginning. I was like, mm, mm, there's something, but I wanted to give the person the benefit of the doubt. Cause I didn't want to dismiss too early. Well, mm. turns out <laughs> in every situation, it was my gut. And so what happens for you? Like when it manifests physically, something happens like that similar to me, but I know it's my spirit guides trying to get my attention about something, whether it be um, like I'll have a synchronicity and it's like, or something will happen. Like, and all there was something that kept happening. Like I kept spilling up my water over and over. I'm like, okay, what's up? I'm here. I'm listening. What's up? <laughs> like, yeah. What do I need to know? And there's just so many cues that either, you know, source, whether it be source, God, spirit team, whomever that ultimately is on your spirit team. They're trying to get a hold of you and it's going to be in your body somehow, because that's the only way they're going to, unless you have Claire cognizance, Claire, you know, any of the Claire's like I do, I'm a little psychic. So I can tell now like when they're trying to talk to me, but I love how you put that in really concise terms where check in, does this bug me? Cause it's my ego showing up or is it something that's really innately like unsafe in my body that my, that I already know. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Cause I can see it go both ways too. Sometimes the 
the knee jerk reaction is coming from a place of ignorance or even prejudice. I've seen it go the other way and be, I'm just going to dismiss everyone who fill in the blank things that, you know, based on your beliefs and who you grew up with and the community you're from, like sometimes they're innately wrong and you just don't know better. But oftentimes beneath the, the, the source of it, it's a fight or flight response. Even if it's a very quiet whisper of like, mm, you, you have those people you're like, I don't want to be a alone in a room with this person <laughs> or I'm actually you you or you hang out with someone and you feel drained. I think this has been a really good check for me. Like I think probably from like my twenties and my thirties, this was a good like, does this person bring me energy or do I feel drained after hanging out with them? It's become a really good proxy for maybe I don't need that person in my life. You know, there's the people where you're just like, God, that was exhausting. It was just I felt ignored. I felt like I, I feel like a towel wrung out. If you're in those constantly, maybe everyone has bad days, but if you feel that way every time you're hanging out with someone, do you really need that toxicity in your life? I've, I've had to have that hard conversation with people that I felt obligated to be with, but have done more, have drained me more than, you know, it's worth. I have too. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of weight to be bare. Like when you have to let like release someone, there's this assumption that you, you just don't do that out of the idea of being nice or kind or whatever it is. and you have full agency to make that choice. And what's interesting, you bring up like people that drain you. I realized that almost everyone in my life up to this 41 years of life, almost every single person has been draining. So I've been mm -hmm. like really sitting with that and releasing as it comes up and it hasn't been easy by any means, but like it's, it's something that's a necessity. And I will say, I have not met someone since you that has been that ignition for me that has mm -hmm. been and to give our listeners an idea, like literally the day after we met for the very first time, we drove four hours together. And it was like, <laughs> that was the best. Um, I haven't felt that, that light up in like another soul as a friend since you. And it's like, that's something that I really wish I had more like locally because we vibe so hard, but it's like also, and there's a reason for everything, you know? So, and we're always gonna be connected. Like we're soulmates on that way. So. And, well, and it's, it's such a rare treasure. Like, I, I still think back to those days, like, you know, however many years ago now, there's certain so, folks where you feel like you've known them for a lifetime and you just met. Like, I, I truly think we were probably soul sisters in some lifetime ago. Like, there's there's were. just a deeper, inexplicable level where I was like, within hours of knowing you were like, hey, we're in Champaign, Illinois. Let's drive to a Cubs game in Chicago and just like spend the day in the city because we miss it. And <laughs> we're just like, okay, and made a road trip out of it. Like, that innate trust. I don't think there's anyone that I've, I mean, that sounds psychotic these days to like, just let's go on a random road trip to the middle of nowhere and <laughs> see what happens. We just trusted each other. It was just such, yeah. it was, it was so yeah. incredible. And that's, I do hear you on the fact that like people, uh, unfortunately, like especially Gen Z that is going, coming up from the pandemic and they didn't have some of those really special moments mm. where imagine you and I, in that moment, we were in our twenties in Champagne. We met in like a, a physical, like networking event yeah. and so like they didn't have that so it's like again full circle it's like how do those people create that so it's something that I feel there's a really especially millennials like we have come we've come up through the boomer and gen x there's things mm -hmm. and we were polite and we just played the game because we we had to mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. gen z is like nah like your rules suck <laughs> They're like, Gen Z is like, nah. And so Gen Z is, is like giving us a beautiful pass. As newly in my 40s, I'm seeing a lot of women being like, wait a second. Mm -mm. Nope, unsubscribe. You know, and so it's, um, 
and you see women like older ages, like they come into their own and it's getting younger and younger. So that's the good news, but we help, we help, we help the sister out. So that's right. I, I'd um, like to think that millennials had some part of like, we teed it up and Gen Z kind of slam dunk it. You know, we started, we, we quiet, we had the whispers yeah. and the rumors and Gen Z came up shouting. So yeah. they could show the effort. Fair. I will say that we, I'll speak for myself. Um, me as like the oldest millennial ever. I'm like on the last. <laughs> We're um, like, but you're still there. Uh, We're still on the cusp. <laughs> for me specifically, coming from a very patriarchal home, I looked to my very first male boss as like the new authority dad figure, you know, like, and so like, I just kept rolling with it. And then I realized that I reacted really well to abuse and that was my, its own challenges and patterns. But for me as a millennial, like that's what I rolled with. And then I was like, wait a second, I meant for way more in this world. And so let me go do that. It's, it's actually, it's, it, it seems so obvious, like hindsight's twenty twenty. Like if you look at today and the changing power dynamics and Slow, very, very, very slowly, but shifting paradigms and diversity in most corporations and companies. You look back and you're like, why did no one call this out? And it's because it was never done before. You know, it sounds so obvious, but like, why didn't they make a wheel earlier? It's like, because no one tried it and no one had the means, the ability. And like, a lot of this has to be done with advocates and allies and yeah. micro steps and everybody demanding it in microwaves of like, this is the world and the workplace we want to be in. I love that it's changing, that we're finally paying attention to it. Entire teams, divisions. I will say very few are doing it well, yes. but I think this is only going to get better over time. <laughs> it will. It will. And I think it started because I, I've come to hate the terms, excuse me, let me not use the word hate. I really dislike the <laughs> terms such as grooming, personal brand, executive presence. Those were all created now. Not dogs. <laughs> They could be different now, right? They're they're trying to change. There's a lot of people out there trying to change the narratives on those types of terms. But when I was coming up, what that meant was, Amy, you're being groomed for the next level. You need to show up as a mid-age white man. Like that's really mm-hmm. what And so those kinds of things, what you what you're talking about is like, especially in the workplace, is bringing back round everyone's unique brilliance. We got way too fixated on this is what worked yesterday, so I'm gonna keep doing it today. We that's got right. way too stuck in that. And there is something to be said for if like, it's not broke. Don't fix it. These old school mantras. Yeah. Yeah. I don't vibe with that. It's like, no, let's, let's like uproot as needed. Like why not? And everyone's unique brilliance. It's like how amazing to walk into a room and feel completely safe. I mm. can't remember the last time in a corporate space I walked in and I felt completely space and everyone had my back because it was all about politics, land grabbing and just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's where we've gotten to where, to your point, Many of them aren't doing it well right now because we see who's in the C-suite and their people are just like have done more of the same and very well-intentioned people at those highest spots. They don't feel safe to make the kind of change that they want to make even because they've got to play the game to some extent or their job's on the line. It's just a quick plug to my book coming out next year is going to be about what if there weren't a game to play in the fucking begin with, you know, so it's just um, with with sacred rage. Put me on the pre-sale list for this book. Okay. I will. I will. We'll talk about this a little bit about, about how to find you specifically, but I'm looking at your uh, Instagram, Cassandra Clark art, and you're talking about spooky signs. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, especially me, and I still have the gorgeous Wrigley Cub sign just from saw my office that you painted for me a few years ago. I think of the intricate, this amazing art that you make, and it's all behind you, and it's all on you, your earrings, your shirt. It's so intricate and so gorgeous and exquisite. It feels like art sometimes has to be this 
really intense. You have to have, you have to have all the knowledge. You have to have all the degrees to understand what art's about. In this post, you got a sign from a Ross clearance bin and you made this gorgeous, (laughs) awesome thing. What would you tell someone? Because that, that's what art is to me. Like it feels very overwhelming because you're so good. And and it feels like a very much moment of, I couldn't do that. I could probably, but it's not not that long ago. How do you (laughs) do that way? I love that. It sounds easier said than done, but like, don't be precious about it. I hear this all the time. And it's not just with art. I do think some, you know, you could make an argument for some people are innately born with certain skills or capacities and proficiencies. Sure. As with anything, it's practice. I made it a mission and a priority for me that I love this. And it's obviously wasn't always good. It was trash for like a really long time, but it was, it was for me. There's things that no one will ever see. I have sketchbook. I literally have a storage unit filled with art. I still, floor to ceiling, filled with paintings. I'm ready to key. I'm going to go check that out. I mean, it's just sitting in storage because like, it's so precious to me. I don't want to get rid of it, but also I haven't put any effort into like showing it or selling it because I'm like, this is so old. It was not my best. It's not my whatever. The mistake I often make is I'm getting in my head. I'm thinking about what I would buy, what I would sell, what I think is precious. Things that are sketched to me, like these Inktober things. I was just going to post them because I'm like, hey, this is my fun practice or this is my fun whatever. And I started getting DMs on Instagram like, would you sell these? I'm like, it's just an ink sketch. Like, what do you, why is this a question? And they're like, no, it's art to me and I want to buy it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, this is like back to that childhood moment of like, I could make money off this. The mantra I've heard, I've heard it told uh, through business settings. Don't buy with your wallet and don't think through your lens. And so especially if you're emerging or a new career or an emerging artist, whatever that looks like, you are waiting for the, you know, the clearance paint supplies. I was that person where what I could afford was the dollar store garbage paints and everything else they had. But that's where you start. It's about the process, about the journey. It's about learning. If you get in your head, like I could never, well, like Dali didn't start there. Like Michelangelo didn't, you know, it didn't start with the Sistine Chapel. It started with like, sketching on rocks and tablets and random drawings and, you know, modern day back of a napkin, whatever. It starts with thinking creatively and then making the space. You'd be amazed if you just make the time and space, put it in your calendar, block off an hour and just do something creative. You can start with, if you need a barrier or a building block to make it less scary, at least in the creative field, I literally recommend this to adults all the time. Go buy a kid's art set, a stained glass paint by numbers, a pin art, nail art, like there's so many crafts and just creative things that you can do. You'd be amazed. Like I've watched my friend's kids as an excuse so I could like play with kids art toys because it's just fun. You get to be a kid again. You get to tap into the part of your brain that society has beaten out of you over so many decades. The art of play, the art of exploring, it's innately in all of us. Like we're wired to be able to do this, but we are our own worst enemy every time. Like, oh, no, no, no. If it's not perfect, I might as well not start. It's so daunting. Yeah, maybe don't start with like high grade oil paints and and mediums and like the biggest canvas you can buy. Start with crayons on a napkin, like whatever. Just start. Start somewhere. Start somewhere small. Convince your brain, even if you know this intuitively, until you actually put brain to matter, like actually manifest something, it will forever be this crazy nebulous piece. I mean, think back to your, like all the things that you looked at. You're like, oh, I could never give that presentation. I could never go for that role. I could never give that speech. And then when you did it, almost all the time, maybe it's not perfect. You learn something, but you're like, holy shit, I did it. Oh, we always surprise ourselves. Like the journey uphill and the perception of it is so much worse than the actual hill. 
so yeah, of course I'll I'll go to a Ross clearance bin and I'll see like, oh, it's a random wood sign. It was literally ninety nine cents, and I'm like, I'm gonna turn this into a creepy <laughs> creation. Like, why not? I've done this with clearance bin ornaments and like random things like upcycled art. I love going through Goodwill and like, ooh, I could paint the surface of that table and make it something cool. Like you'll just start seeing things differently if you practice enough. Okay, so don't be precious with it. That's amazing. And to your point, I'm going to say I can paint. I actually have, um, I have like a coloring book and color pencil, coloring pencils, and I'll just, I'll start doing that. You're right. I can. can. You can you're physically able, right? So um, the same reason why I made those coloring books here is there was people that were like, no, I just, I love the art. Like I love the, the, the like meditative qualities that coloring sketching does for me, but I don't want to sit and think about what my creation should be. Oftentimes it's like, if you give someone who's never done any or anything artistic a pen and say draw, they'll be like, what's the first question they'll ask? I'll probably draw a penis. <laughs> you would. Or or you'll be like, well, what do you want me to draw? Or like, hey, let me just go to my default or something funny, right? Like a smiley face, a penis in Amy's case, whatever your thing is. You're like, um, most people. I'm not most people. No, we all know that. But sometimes just starting with some structure, like yeah. learn the rules, learn the playbook, and then make your own game. And my favorite part about your Instagram, I always watch all the videos because I don't know what this is called, but like when you, um, you record your process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of times it's like time-lapse art. It's kind of like the, the hashtag, if you will, of folks want to see the process, but they absolutely no one has the patience to watch the, you know, 60 hours that a painting plus that it takes. So I'll do like speed versions or show you, you know, small samples of it. But yeah, usually people, I, 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 for me, it's just like, to me, it feels the equivalent of like watching someone type. It's like, why do you want to see that? But like, if you don't delve in the art world, they're like, oh, that's how you got there. I was like, okay, maybe there's some interest in it. I wouldn't have done that, frankly, if I didn't get feedback from friends. Like, you know, no one knows how you do this, right? It's like, what? I would have told you that a long time ago. Oh my gosh, like I'm enamored with it. It's like one of those, Um, it's the, um. is there a hashtag like oddly satisfying or something like that? It's like yeah, really yeah, yeah. very satisfying to watch your videos and like how you create. Oh, thank you fascinating so I think it's just like it's so natural for you so like I love what you're saying too it's like everybody listening give feedback give like when you're curious about something it's like don't just keep on going stop pause if you're curious ask and that goes Mm -hmm. for everything because you never know what spark it's going to ignite in someone else I love that yeah guess where can we find you oh I'm putting a lot more attention to my personal website. I think I'll be doing a little bit more direct-to-consumer things where I can do custom commissions and have my originals up there. I think that's more core to to the things I care about most. So that's CassandraClarkArt.com. But I also have my Etsy shop. So I have a whole bunch of, you can't see me, but what I'm wearing now and what I've, you know, especially forced my husband and friends to wear a lot. Or (laughs) like you mentioned in the beginning, no shortage of wearables, loud, bold, colorful, crazy patterns housewares, tumblers, all sorts of fun things that are like really good gifts for someone creative in your life. I would love people to just reach out to me because I really love a custom challenge. So while obviously I'm going to keep creating, keep making things that that I love, that I'm, I'm making for me essentially, and helping others find that moment of things that they love, I would love feedback. I want people to tell me like, I'd love to see something like this or can you do something like that or this color, this scheme. Some of my most meaningful works have been pet portraits of people like when they have a, a dog pass away because it's so yeah you I know I'm preaching in the choir like that's your family member and I've had people commission like you know I want this my pet to live on and they put it by one of my friends like their family pet forever 
passed away from old age and they wanted to put him his portrait right by the door because he's always be waiting right at the door every time they come in. And so they kept his leash and they put it around the painting. I know I'm going to make you cry on this one, but mm -hmm. moments like that, I was like, oh my God, like, I'm just so grateful I got to be a part of that. Every day they look at my art, but more so my art is a means to their memory. If I can be a connector to something that's important to you and my craft can help you get that message across or cherish that moment or remember that that person, that creature, whatever it is, that's powerful stuff. So art can mean a lot more than just, I want a picture for my wall, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. That's amazing. What's your Etsy shop again? And how do people get into contact? Travelpaintcreate.etsy.com. That's my go-to, Travel Paint Create. Those things I love to do. You can search for that on Etsy or just go to travelpaintcreate.etsy.com. That's where you have the wearables. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook as Cassandra Clark Art. So my name and A-R-T at the end, you'll see at Cassandra Clark Art all over the place. So send me a message, send me a DM, engage with me, tell me what you'd like to see, tell me what's not working. Honestly, feedback's a gift. And if you're like, I don't like this. So fine. But give me constructive feedback. Like, hey, have you thought about XYZ? That often sparks totally new creative lines for me. So let's make it a dialogue. Closing remarks. Oof. <laughs> if I had to simplify it, I'll say get over yourself. Mm. I think this is a message to just everyone. We get in our own heads. And regardless of what field you're in, what fuels you, what you're passionate about, you'll surprise yourself if you try. Stop being your own worst enemy. Stop letting imposter syndrome take over. Listen to your gut. Listen to your support system. Or if nothing else, try it. Learn the hard way. Honestly, you'll grow more from that process than you will thinking in hindsight, what if and if only and I wish I, like don't let yourself fall into a future state of regret. Try it. See what you learn. Go out of your comfort zone. It's the only way we grow. Thanks, Cass. Love you. Love you, Aim. Thank you for this.